The holiday season is now upon us. The year is absolutely flying by, and the news never stops. That's why we at the DSR Network have expanded our programming to cover even more of the world's events. We hope you will consider supporting our work by becoming a member. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of November, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code STUFFING at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code STUFFING. Thank you very much for your support. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's time for us to run down the news and some analysis uh, for you and to do it as quickly as we can. I'm David Rothkopf, one of your co-hosts, joined today by Chris Cottonware. How are you doing, Chris? Doing very well, thanks. Excellent. And by Riley Fessler. He was a little under the weather yesterday. How are you doing today, Riley? I am feeling a bit better today. Excellent. Thank you. Well, I hope you can make it through the next 15 minutes. Let's go, Chris. What's what's up first? Fighting in Gaza has resumed um, after they failed to negotiate an extension to the ceasefire. Uh, but it's being reported this morning that Israel had information about the attack uh, up to a year before in a document they obtained um, called Jericho Wall, which apparently outlined with uh, precision how Hamas was planning to attack Israel. Israel ultimately discounted um, the intelligence as well as Hamas's ability uh, to pull off such an attack, um, so essentially ignored it, which of course resulted in the October 7th attacks. Um, again, the, the attacks mirrored this document. It seems like there could have been preparations to uh to to stop it but in any case um that's what's being reported uh yeah it, this is going to prove to be a bigger and bigger scandal in israel october 7th was one of the greatest security fiascos in the country's country's history quite above and beyond the human cost and um it is uh, absolutely clear now that they could have known should have known should have taken steps could have protected against it but they were, at some levels, distracted, at some levels, too arrogant to take it seriously. Um, and uh, once we get past uh, this uh, war that was fighting again, uh, I suspect it is not just the prime minister whose heads will roll. You know, I think there'll be a lot of people who will pay for this uh, with their careers. Um the the resumption of fighting is just a sign that this this is going from bad to worse. Again, we talked yesterday about uh, Blinken being over there, and the reality is, uh, the United States and Israel are increasingly in different places about what should happen next. Uh, the Prime Minister of Israel, as we have said, depends on this war to keep in his job. He's going to go at it for longer and longer. 
I spoke to some senior U.S. officials yesterday, um, as well as some senior experts in the region. They're very, very gloomy about what's going to happen here, both in terms of the war, the toll it's going to take on civilians, uh, and the toll it's going to take on the U.S.-Israel relationship. Uh, They're also gloomy about the toll that it's going to take politically here uh, for a president who has embraced the conflict, uh, embraced Israel's position, uh, and now must must live for that, even as the toll in Gaza climbs. Uh, so, you know, uh, we're we're a long, long way from this being resolved, and uh, what lies between here and there looks increasingly grim. Riley. Well, some debate news. Yesterday, of course, there was the debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis, which I did not have the pleasure or displeasure of watching, depending on your point of view. But but Gavin Gavin Newsom kicked Ron DeSantis's butt from everything that I I saw a bunch of clips from it, and it was like he schooled him. I mean, DeSantis at certain points was sitting there going, oh, "Why did I do this?" I mean, it was just. <laughs> Sad. Yeah, and that makes this story even even more kind of interesting because the RNC is supposedly considering a proposal that would allow candidates to participate in debates that are not approved by the party um, because the party has kind of taken more direct control over debates uh, since 2016. Um, but this has kind of made no one happy this election cycle as Donald Trump has demanded that they cancel all the remaining debates while all the other candidates want more uh the fourth and final that is scheduled is set to be next week. Whereas last year they hosted 12 throughout the primary process. So, and DeSantis has been kind of one of the leading voices calling for debates outside of the RNC's control, which based on his performance last night, doesn't sound like necessarily a great idea for him. Um, But yeah, I just think it's interesting the way they're kind of juggling the demands of Trump and literally everyone else on this issue. And I'm curious what, Chris, if this will actually solve anything, I am skeptical. Uh, well, I mean, if the leader of your party doesn't care about debates, doesn't want to have debates, uh, and uh, uh, may not debate anybody, I mean, we, we don't know where he's going to go with all this, um, then none of this matters much. Uh, but on the other hand, if everybody in your party has to follow the party line, um, uh, or they will be expelled from the party. And there's stories today about the documents that Trump's going to make people sign to prove they're loyal to MAGA and so forth. Uh, this may all be a thing of the past. Debate may not be sort of an acceptable component of the future of the Republican Party as it drifts towards being an authoritarian party. We shall see. Chris? That's a great segue into the story um which isn't really a surprise to anyone that George Santos today will face uh, an expulsion vote uh, in the House of Representatives. I'm not raising this because I think this is like, you know, huge news. What I'm raising it for is it's become far too common for things like expulsion to be thrown around we're ousting house speakers we're impeaching presidents multiple times and it just gets glossed over i mean this is a you know, period in our our history i mean from you know the, just this year alone 
um, you know, what's happened in, in American politics and more specifically with the Republican Party. Um, if you have a chance, and of course I encourage you to do so, please listen to our podcast from yesterday, um, where, uh, Simon Rosenberg was commenting on all of the positive things that President Joe Biden has done in his, uh, tenure as President of the United States. Um, and, and one of the things that struck me is, you know, it's our job to, Give Democrats permission to love their country. I thought that I thought that was a pretty strong line from Simon yesterday. But the, we just expel people and get rid of people now versus you know the real process, the democratic process, which is we vote our people in. Um, it's getting. Oh, I did not expect this defense of George Santos. I didn't know you were a Santos stan. Uh, you know, and that you want a guy who is a proven liar and fraudster in the United States uh, Congress. Uh, I would take a slightly different position than yours, which is uh, we shouldn't run uh, sham expulsions like the uh, one about President uh, Biden, the, the, the impeachment thing, which has got no evidence to ba- back it, you know, or the ones you know, that are called for every day by the Marjorie Taylor Greens. But sometimes people commit crimes and frauds and they should be expelled. And sometimes the evidence is so clear um, that, uh, you know, uh, due process need not come in the form of a court case. Uh, And in this case, the House Ethics Committee provided sufficient amount of evidence that... um, it should lead to the expulsion of George Santos, in my mind. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, there, the, 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 the fact that there are a lot of um, uh, ill-considered uh, performative uh, exercises in threatening to throw somebody out doesn't mean that every once in a while the system doesn't actually need to throw somebody out. Santos needs to go. I hope they have the courage to do it today. Uh, Riley? Oh, sorry. Let me just be clear. I do not support George Santos as I'd the say, I, From now on, you are... From George Long Santos. Island. You are George Santos's boy. I, you know, that's how we're going to view you. Chris Santos Cottonware. Um, uh, but that's okay. You know, he deserves some support. You may be the last guy left in America. I don't know why you love him so much. It's more about the regularity that these things are coming up. Like these are historical outcomes and, you know, they just kind of get covered by the news. Yeah. George Santos is going to get expelled today. Senator Menendez is probably going to get expelled at some point. These people yeah, get indicted. He should, be, he should be expelled. The fact that the Congress, I, the, the counter argument is that the Congress has a bunch and periodically has a bunch of crooks in it. Um, and, and, and everybody's like, oh yeah, sure. You know, he deserves the right to be in the Congress. You know, I mean, you know, it's like January 6th. I mean, you know, due process is fine, but we saw it on videotape. We know what happened on January 6th. Uh, you know, uh, there, there, there are a lot of people who should have paid the price for that much sooner, including the guy at the top of it all. Riley. 
Speaking of ethics and being desensitized to corruption. God, this is just a beautiful uh, podcast. We're just, segues <laughs> are really working today. Go on. So uh, the latest in the Senate, uh, in the Supreme Court ethics kind of investigation, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, the Senate authorized a subpoena in their ethics inquiry into the Supreme Court. Uh, and this was a contentious panel. Republicans stormed out uh, in the panel, which resulted in Democrats voting to subpoena conservative donors Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo, who have been kind of the central figures in the numerous ethics scandals in the Supreme Court. Um, Dick Durbin, who's the chairman of the panel, said the move was necessary, uh, given that both men had refused to cooperate with the panel for months. Um, Republicans, unsurprisingly, boycotted the panel and have threatened repercussions uh, what those look like, it's hard to say at this time. Um, uh, Leonard Leo has already said that he will not comply, while Harlan Crow's office made a statement that didn't necessarily rule out compliance, but did kind of characterize this as an overreach. And then the problem with this is that it re- if they will not comply, it requires a vote to enforce the subpoena, which Republicans have already vowed to filibuster if that moves forward. Yeah, this is the this is the flip side of what Chris is saying. There are laws. If the Congress subpoenas people, they should show up. You know, I, I know Leonard Leo believes he's above the law because he actually gets to pick the Supreme Court personally, and Harlan Crow feels the same way. But these guys shouldn't be able to say, uh, "No, I've concluded that this is overreach on the part of the Congress." Who the fuck cares what you've concluded, Leonard Leo? Okay, you are corrupt. Harlan Crow trying to buy Clarence Thomas, not trying to buy, buying Clarence Thomas. You are corrupt. They have to figure out some way to get people to honor congressional subpoenas. And the world has got to realize that the Republican Party just does not care about the rule of law. And that what they're trying to do in this particular case, if they filibuster this, rather than having these people come before the Congress, is block an investigation into the apparent, consistent, and substantial corruption that exists in the nation's highest court. I rest my case, Your Honor. Chris? In addition to to supporting George Santos. Oh, no. Who are you coming out in favor of? Follow up from yesterday's story about Elon Musk's rant. Oh, oh no, you're going to defend Elon. I feel it coming. Oh, go on. Um, Sorry, this is hard to take, but go on. No, I'm not going to defend Elon. Uh, yeah. So, so Elon um, is feeling the brunt now of his, uh, and was already, by the way, since his um, anti Semitic tweet that he refused to take down. Uh, went on a rant at the um, the deal summit, advertising summit uh, yesterday or the day before. Um, and this morning, uh, it's being reported or it was reported that uh, X's ad revenue declined 64% um, in 2023 versus the same period in 2022. Uh, I don't know what happens to this platform um maybe elon doesn't care about turning it into a business though i think he does considering 
he's added a subscription service to uh, to the platform. Um, but it doesn't give me confidence that uh, this platform uh, will survive. Um, and frankly, if good advertisers are fleeing the site, I just see that as a breeding ground for not so great actors uh, to throw their messages up on X and Elon will gladly take their money because, you know, 64% down is a lot. Yeah. 64% down is um, as the old joke about what do you call 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean, you know, a good start, you know, the the 64% down is just a good start that you're going to see a lot more. And I say this with a lot of love for lawyers. There are a lot of lawyers out there. I didn't make up that joke. That's just an old joke. But um, but uh, so there's going to be a lot more departures from Twitter. And I think we are going to find out sooner rather than later whether the people who backed Elon, the people who put their money into this alongside of him, uh, or any of the employees of of of, of Twitter, have any influence at all, and Elon cares at all whether this site continues to survive or whether he doesn't. And I've read a bunch of things in the past couple of days that suggest he doesn't care and that he'd be willing to see his investment go to zero. Uh, And if that's the case, of course, the site will disappear and everybody will move over to something else. It won't be Mastodon, by the way, which is impossible and ridiculous. Um, it won't be a you know bunch of a bunch of the the, the, the uh, spoutable. It was not going to be that. Might be Threads because that's um, backed by uh, Meta, I guess. Um, uh, I just got an invitation to Blue Sky. I just can't even. I, like the, I have like social media exhaustion. Like how many of these things are you supposed to sort of balls? Are you supposed to keep up in the air? cutting and pasting tweets and threads and things and sending them to other, I can't do it. I, you know, I mean, you know, Chris, you're a much older guy, so you're probably on Facebook. No, he's, he's not, he's not even answering anymore. Riley, however, being our, you know, Gen Z, you're probably exclusively on TikTok. Yeah. I, you know, I I have been using TikTok lately after much pressure from my friends and I can't say that I really enjoy it, but do you do morning? Do you do a video each morning? I mean, just they're like a morning Riley workout video to the latest. Yeah, I, I I do a little dance to start the day and I post it. So okay, we should add that to what we're doing here, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> we should end. Right, every, we should end every one of these podcasts by going. And now to start your day on the right foot, Riley Fessler's little dance. There's got to be an audience in the single digits for that kind of content. Yeah. So. He he wanted to see what all the hype was about Matt Rife. About about what? Matt Rife. Who that? Who you know that? Matt Rife? No. Matt Rife is a comedian who built his entire biz or like following on TikTok. Has a Netflix special, and what does he do? He goes on the he his first jokes were, um, essentially bashing women who built up his his profile. Um, so. People were trying to cancel him. I don't think cancel him. Happen. I don't need to hear more. Cancel. There's just too much shit out there. People complain about cancel culture. There should be a lot more cancel culture. Most things should be canceled. 
I'm in favor of canceling things willy-nilly. Not this. You need this. What else do we have here from this, Riley? There must be one more story that can prove to people that we are invaluable and should never be canceled. So president-elect of Argentina, Javier Malay, uh, his cabinet is kind of starting to take shape. Um, And some of them have been more moderate, uh, which a lot of people expected given that he's going to have to work within this system where he does not have a lot of support in parliament. Um, But one of his less moderate choices seems to be his foreign minister who announced on X slash Twitter that Argentina will no longer be joining BRICS next year as was scheduled, uh, which is a big, big shift in foreign policy. Um, It's not super surprising. Malay had harsh words for China on the campaign trail, uh, threatening to break diplomatic ties, saying that, quote, I won't do business with any communist. He's also previously stated that his allies would be the United States and Israel if he were to win. Uh, His choice, uh, Mondino, Diana Mondino, previously downplayed the importance of BRICS, saying that it's more related to political alignment than to advantages that could exist for trade between countries and that they already have diplomatic and trade relations with most of the countries. Um, So some moderating forces on his cabinet, but this is clearly not one of them. Obviously a huge shift. What is this? this is not a moderating force to me this is like sounds like sanity is breaking out. I hate it when there's an absolutely insane ruler someplace in the world who is a tantric tech sex instructor who has five cloned dogs and uh and I agree with him you know I mean I hate it uh but you know uh the that the 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 bricks are are evolving as a as a counter western counter u.s initiative uh and uh, i think their desire to stay out of it is excellent and uh uh you know i disagree with everything that all of you guys are saying today um uh this is uh you know proved this been a very tough way to start my day uh but you know i gotta call it like i see it and you outnumber me and so undoubtedly we'll be back here tomorrow with more Oh, no, it's Friday, so we won't be back here until Monday um, with more views from around the world. But on the other hand, it's this dissent, this diversity and stories. I mean, where do you get? You don't turn on MSNBC and see a story about an ex-tantric sex instructor who has five cloned dogs all the time, even though he's the president of Argentina. But you see it here a lot. That's why you got to come to the DSR Daily Doom Scroll. That's why we can't be canceled. That's why we should tell your friends. I got to listen to this thing. This is the way to start the day. This is better than an exercise video. Um, So come back, see us Monday, listen to our podcasts. We've got our, you know, everybody's favorite podcast going to be recorded later today, which is We're All Going to Die Radio, just the perfect way to start your weekend talking about the worst things in the world and how they could happen to us all, um, which, you know, it just fits in with my worldview. My parents called me Eeyore as a child, and here we have an entire podcast network devoted to worrying about the shit that's going to happen to us. Uh, And that's why you're here, because you love that, because you're worried too. See you again soon. Have a good weekend, Chris. Feel better, Riley. Feel well, everybody. Stay healthy. Don't get whatever Riley's got.
拜拜。